Welcome to the Spiritual Shit Podcast with your host, Alia Lovely. This is a place where we discuss the spiritual, the mystical, and the magical of the human experience. I will give you personal insights on this podcast and interviews and card readings to help you think about the critical questions we are facing in these complicated times and to shed light on the concerns of the collective. Here, I will take what was woo-woo to the mainstream so no topic is ever off limits to have authentic and thought-provoking conversations to help you think about spirituality and how it affects our humanity in a variety of ways. We will laugh, we will cry, and most importantly, we will think about our inherent resilience, transformation, perseverance, and highlight the limitless possibilities that exist within each of us. I want to inspire you to push beyond your own limits of comfort and strive for an open mind, no matter the odds. I hope to encourage you to embrace your potential and pursue your dreams with an element of fun, spirituality, and humanity. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and review and share so others can be inspired as well. To connect with me personally, go to thelovelyalia.com or join my Patreon at patreon.com slash thelovelyalia for behind the scenes, extra content for the show and our monthly forum to find like-minded souls to discuss your own spiritual journey. Follow me at Instagram at thelovelyalia as well as YouTube for video podcasts. And thank you so much for joining me on this journey. So let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Alia Lovely, and today we have none other than the supreme, the amazing, the intuitive development mentor, Zoe Greco. Woo-woo! Happy to <laughs> be like here. Was, Thank you for having me. a baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, sister in jewelry, because we love the accessories. Those of you who are watching are getting the pleasure of getting to see all her, her amazing adornments. Yes. I'm so distracted by that ring. Like which I, one? <laughs> your your wedding ring. <laughs> oh man. Let me tell you one. what. So th- I so think cute. I told you this is my upgraded one. Yeah. This was my original. And then there was a third one that went with it and one of the diamonds fell out. But I'm a sparkly person on the inside and I really love to match that vibe on the outside. So I'm loving I it. Lie. I love that. So that said, you have such a beautiful way of being able to communicate intuition to people. And something that really drew me to you at the beginning was, um, so I've been on your show, which was really yeah. awesome to kind of like talk to you there. And that's been a while. It's been, it was a while ago, right? It's been a minute. Yeah. It's been a minute, but you, the way that you're able to break down intuitive concepts and kind of show people that everybody has intuition to me, it was so inclusive. Like you weren't coming from this like high hat place where you're like, I have all the intuition and all the answers and you can come to me. You're trying to show people that they have that within themselves. So what do you think is the largest driver and why you feel like that is kind of your mission to help people understand their intuition? And how does that integrate into your own personal story? Such a good question. This question resonates with me so deeply. So first of all, thank you for saying that because that is what I aim to do. So the fact that it is happening and that you are witnessing it and seeing it means the world to me. Um, when eyes that I like admire and respect get it, that's how I know I'm doing it right. That's how mm-hmm. I know I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. So thank you for that reflection. I feel so lucky to have been connected to my intuition from birth and have that been very uninterrupted for me. I had family that was supportive. Um, anyone that's heard my story, I tell it all the time, but basically I've been intuitive since I was born. And I just happened to have, especially a mother who just listened, who said, mm-hmm. yeah, I hear you. You're talking about past lives. You're talking about soul contracts and you're like, you know, two years old. So to have 
uh, to have been witnessed, I think is such a gift and a blessing. And I was taught how to do that for others through the experience that I had, like being so loved and being so witnessed and being understood, but also being misunderstood. You know, there were mm -hmm. places that I had that were safe and there were places I had that were not safe. And I was definitely that kid who got called weird. Um, any boy I ever liked thought I was an absolute freakazoid. Like I just, <laughs> I definitely, um, you know, there was like an equal, I think, draw to me. And then also like a repellent. My energy is very potent and you either really mm -hmm. like me or you really don't. And to have had that experience and to know what it feels like to not be received, but to also know what it feels like to be received and to be seen, I just decided one of those feels really good and one of those doesn't. And if I can be a space and a place for people to come and discover themselves and understand themselves more and be encouraged and be enlightened and be excited, that's what I want to be. And the truth is like, I love doing sessions because I love getting deep with people, but ultimately I want my clients not to need me. I want them to yeah. understand that their own gifts are just as potent, if not more so. I mean, no one knows you better than you. Hmm. So I can always, you know, create a bridge, create a pathway, create a window to look into. But ultimately I want people to know that they are empowered with abilities that are specifically for them. They were designed with this inner compass. And I want to teach them how to follow that, not just because it gets us where we want to go in life, but that is how I personally have created the most beautiful, abundant, blessed life. Like every day I wake up feeling like it's too good to be true. And that's mm -hmm. how I want everyone to feel. So I want to be everyone's best friend. I want to be everyone's cheerleader. And I want to help them know that they can make it to where they want to be, whether they know what that is yet or not. And I think mm -hmm. that that's a big part of it too. Yeah. Can I ask you real quick, you're with your sun, moon and rising are? Sure. Uh, my sun is Aries. My moon is Sagittarius and my rising is cancer. Okay. And I think that... the cancer rising really helps me because mm -hmm. I can be an absolute bitch. Like I really can. <laughs> I I really, I have this, I have this fire, this fight in me. Like I like fighting. I I'm like, Jersey Shore is my favorite show and I'm not going to front about that. Like, I'm going to be honest. Like I'm a, I was watching it this morning while I was in the shower. I love Jersey Shore. And I resonate with that hot Italian blood. You know what I mean? But that cancer rising is what enables me to hold that space and be like really there with mm. people and be soft with them. And it's so easy in session. So easy in session yeah. to access that softness. Um, but like, Outside of that, I'm very fiery. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I asked because I'm an Aries moon cancer sun and Scorpio rising. And I was like, there's definitely, yeah. <laughs> there's something here. We have something in common. Um, to go yeah. back to what you were saying, though, I want my clients not to need me. Yeah. And that speaks to me so deeply because I, I, I often feel the same. Like I want to help and empower my clients. I want to give them any guidance, obviously, that they need, but to also help empower them to make that decision that resonates within their own body, that only they know what direction they need to go. And I think in our society, unfortunately, it's kind of twofold. Psychics get a really bad rap because one, there's those who come out that are like, you need me to break this spell. You need me to do this. Ooh. You need me to do that. Scammer, hello. So there's yeah. that. 
And then there's the opposite where people can can also be very vulnerable and still see a very integral, like really beautiful, experienced type of psychic that really resonates with them. But then they might be in that vulnerability space where they often refer back to and refer back to and refer back to mm -hmm. and never start to stand on their own feet. So in your own practice, how do you help empower those clients or anybody listening to trust themselves more? than any external force? Well, once again, the hard hitting questions, like these are the best <laughs> questions I've ever been asked. And I just want you to know, like, this is why the people love you. Dead ass. I'm, I'm being serious. Like, so these much. are what, this is why the people love you. Cause this is no fluff. This is legit shit. You get right to it. Um, there's no fluff here. Um, to be honest, what you're hitting on is so important and you're absolutely right. And I know that you get this, especially because we do the same thing, but mm -hmm. essentially we get two types of people. I mean, we get more than that, but we have a lot of people who come forward who say, someone told me I have to pay them $3,000 to clear my energy. Is it true? And they're terrified. They're right. terrified because someone not only took advantage of them, disempowered them, told them right. you can't protect yourself. Someone is out to hurt you. Someone's like, whoa, first of all, I don't even believe in that. Like, yeah. I don't believe that energy can touch me if I won't let it. Like I've yep. got a force field up. Like, the blessings create a wall around me truly. And I protect myself and I want other people to know that they can do that as well. But then equally important, we have the people who develop dependence, who right. become addicted to the validation or the confirmation or the company even like, cause it happens, yeah. you know, it's, being on a spiritual journey is lonely and I am there to be a friend. And so of course it can be a little intoxicating. I think sometimes to to finally get that support and feel it. And my main thing that I really feel is so important is highlighting every single time that people do come back, helping them understand, look how far you've gotten yourself. And you'll hear me say this on my own podcast where I share client sessions. Very often I'll tell people we were able to get so deep because you allowed that to happen, mm -hmm. because you allowed your energy to be open, because you allowed your heart to be open, because you were willing to share with me. Because I'm an intuitive who is very upfront about, I need some sort of baseline. I need something to tune into. And then I got you. Like I can go right. as deep as you want, but I'm not just going to like walk up to you in the grocery store and say, Oh, your great aunt Bertha wants you to know this and this, like <laughs> I need consent and mm -hmm. I need a door. So give me that little door and I will walk through that with you. But it only happens if you allow it to. And that is so, so important. I think sometimes those long-term relationships actually are very beneficial because I'm able to be a witness to people's growth. And I have clients that I've worked with for like seven years and obviously less frequently than I used to. Yeah. But I love to be able to say, look how far you've come. You take the guidance. Maybe we meet once a year now mm -hmm. and you take that guidance and you apply it. You, you experience and implement action. And that is so important. So I really like to remind people, I'm here to support you. I'm here to help you, but it's really what you do with it and how far you allow it to go that makes the work possible. Um, and then also I like to check with people about where they're at with things, because if their own intuition is on point, I want to be able to validate that for them and say, look, you already knew this. And mm -hmm. then there are times and spaces where obviously as humans, our intuition is clouded by our experiences and by our past or by our prejudices or whatever that may be. And that is where I feel like it's my responsibility to be honest and be truthful and be direct and help redirect that energy into alignment. So 
but the truth is like we get that from each other we get that from our friends we get that from our right. loved ones like it's not it's not a sin to want someone to listen and support and validate or confirm or or help you change your mind mm -hmm. and i think clarifying what the work is for is also part of what helps people use it properly if that makes right. sense yeah so you said earlier that you are intuitive from birth and just the phrasing the sentence to me is very cool to think about because i'm in my oh. head i'm going are we not all intuitive from birth but Precisely. what happens to it i mean i mean you both know what happens but what happens to people that makes them feel like they can't access that or they don't have a connection to those little symbols or signals that help them tune in okay again the meat we're here we are um <laughs> love this question and i you know one of the things i also say about my story is that I was uninterrupted. I use that word really intentionally. My connection to my intuition and my power was undisturbed, uninterrupted by the people in my life. Luckily, I had people around who either didn't know how to handle it, so they didn't do anything about it. I was also raised in an a-religious household. My parents weren't atheists by any means, but they were just not religious. Right. Um, and so I didn't have influences around me that interrupted my connection to myself. I have Oracle decks in these drawers right in front of me that I've had since I was seven years old. Oh my so, God, I love that. I know. And I won't say who they're by because we don't, we don't fuck with her anymore, but uh, they're, <laughs> they're decks that I still, you know, love and cherish. And they have been my friends. I mean, when my parents were getting divorced, that's who I was going to. Like, those were my friends that were there for me, you know? So anyway, I agree with you. Yes, we are all innately born with this intuition and the truth is the way that we spiritually are meant to operate is very counter to the society that we live inside of and so because there's this echo chamber that we are consistently inside of that says no spirituality is scary only religion is safe there you know you can let something in you can there's so many reasons media teaches us to be afraid religion teaches us to believe that it is you know the antichrist we have all of these things that point us away from it and even in society we have people who are like i want to be an artist and society says you can't do anything with that i mean the uh, same is true of being an intuitive like yeah. when i told my parents i was turning away from my you know million dollar education and wanted to be a professional intuitive they were scared for me because they didn't know how i was going to take care of myself even though they believed in me and my power the, st the structure that we live inside of does not support our ambitions. And so it's very natural for people to be disconnected from their innate ability because whether it's your family structure, your religious structure, or the societal structure, everything around you tells you no, no, no. And okay. it takes a very clear, strong person to be able to move past that or it requires actual nurturing and support, which is what I received from the time I was very young. My mom was taking me to psychic fairs, to meeting with people. You know, I had hypnotherapists and all sorts of things I was working with and dabbling in. And all of these people told me, you have a gift. Mm -hmm. So not only was I supported in community, thank goodness, but also I was validated in my abilities. Imagine what could happen if we told every child, you know what's best for you instead of telling them all the time that we know what's best for them. Ooh. What a different world we would live in. And I think that's Honey. why I take the approach that I take is 
I'm not just your best friend. I'm also like reparenting. I'm doing like, I, I feel, I don't know about you, but I feel like a therapist. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, no, I feel like a therapist without a degree is what yep. I really feel like, <laughs> uh, because we are holding people and taking them back to their innate selves. We're trying to strip them of all the things that they've picked up and everything that's clouding and shrouding their authentic self and taking them back to their inner truth, which is their intuition. Mm -hmm. And it's such a gift to watch people claim the things that they truly want rather than the things that they believe that they're supposed to want or the things right. that they believe, you know, that other people want for them. Like mm -hmm. oof, that one really gets me like that one really, really gets me. So a uh, long answer to your question, but an answer nonetheless, <laughs> a beautiful answer Thank because you. the idea, I just thinking as mom, like my oh, child yeah. will have a childhood like yours. Yeah. Um, where we will go, I will be at the spiritual fair. <laughs> I often ask her recently, she's been seeing ghosts and she's been saying adamantly, I see a ghost. It's over there. One ghost told her to go get a gummy vitamin, um, which she likes to get very often. She's like, uh, ghost wants a vitamin. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you want a vitamin Veda, but just the, the process and starting to hold space and listen to those children as they're coming up and saying like, this is, you have space held here, but even down to the art component, that's so interesting because mm. I am an artist, have been in photography for 20 something years. And even as I'm trying new things, like I'm trying to paint and it's not new, my, my family, we've all been painters since we were really little, but it's something that I always felt reticent about because mm. it's an area where I feel blocked to listen to my intuition. And it's like, it's fine if I can do it just for me, but if I'm like actually trying to do it for real, like I really get stuck because I've been told not from my mom or anybody else, but like, because my, my mom has, um, she's an incredible painter, incredible. Mm. She's also a really fast painter. So the amount of time it takes her to make a very realistic looking portrait is insane. And that intense focus. So my sister also very incredible painter. My other sister, very incredible painter, like, and I don't paint in color. Like I love mm black. I love to paint black. There's something very portal-like about it that takes me somewhere where I can meditate. And all in my head I have is this vision of me doing a gallery called portals where I just have these black paintings. And it's like, mm. nobody will want that. Nobody will buy that. But I'm like, there's energy involved. Like it's more of a spiritual expression yes. of my art that I feel like I can't even get started on because mm. my intuition and, or at least the stigma Mm. stigma behind that oh this isn't art or oh I could do that or whatever and I'm like mm. there's energy being put into this but I, I feel in a way because there's the stigma there I haven't started it I haven't done it so mm. the reason I'm even speaking this out loud is because I'm holding myself accountable I know by the time that I air this episode I will want to start working on this however for people when that when it comes to their own intuition I find that every client that sits in front of me often asks I need guidance right. and we're like yeah okay you want guidance you want clarity. That word comes up a lot. Yes. Um, what do you want clarity on? And then often we end up at the end people going, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. I knew that it feels good having a stranger yes. tell you that you knew that and me telling you that you have that gift, but you know, yeah, you could have saved some money not coming to me. Like we, we do this work to be a mirror to reflect yes. back to people uh, what they already know and give them some sense of a larger platform to stand on, to make those decisions. However, sometimes we just no, we already know. And we're looking for someone else to tell us. So how do you combat that in your own life or even for your clients to help mm. them stand on their own two feet? I get why, why that block comes in the first place, but what can they be doing to help strengthen 
their own intuition and feel that confidence to move forward. Well, first I want to say thank you for sharing about your paintings because that's deeply personal. And I think that's really important. I think for someone like you to be in this position and be so admired, you're so deeply admired. And to be able to say, I'm human and I have this thing I'm struggling with, that is something that I feel I've spent the last three years trying to master. Mm -hmm. And you do it so like effortlessly, it's very inspiring. (laughs) So thank you for for doing that, for sharing that. And also I want to just say that like color loses a lot of its impact without the contrast of black. Like without the contrast of dark or absence of color or, you know, so I would say that you, by creating your art also enhance the art of others. Like, Mm -hmm. I think there's something very important and powerful about each piece playing its own part. And there are people who specifically need your medicine that you can only deliver as an artist through that channeling. Mm -hmm. So to me, I hear your intuition going, I need to paint this. And it's the stigma. It's the ego that goes but this is an art. Exactly. Uh, and I feel like, like, I don't, you don't need me to tell you this, but you already know it's art and you know that it's more than art. You know, that it is like, it is a portal. That's exactly what it is. So, uh, no more excuses. We're done with that. (laughs) Um, and to answer your question, um, which hopefully I can even remember at this point, (laughs) I think, how do you get people the courage to move forward and trust that? So to be honest, maybe what you just did, your encouragement is incredible. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I was at a dinner the other night and this guy asked me, how are you so encouraging? Like, how do you do that? And I was like, I just genuinely love and believe in you. Like, I just believe genuinely mm-hmm. in you. But to be honest, I know that there is nothing that I can do to make someone do or not do something. I yes. know that um, because I've tried long <laughs> enough to, to do the opposite. And I'm like, <laughs> this isn't working. So <laughs> I found out that the best thing that I can do is be an example. And that is why I try to speak out loud about the things that I, the risks that I've taken, especially as a spiritual entrepreneur, because there are so many people who want to do what we do and feel like it's not possible or feel like we're some sort of anomaly of success that is inaccessible to others. And I really have made a very good friend out of fear and out of risk. Um, My husband is also an entrepreneur um, and he's on the spectrum. And so I feel like together we have this weird superpower of like, taking risks that people do not understand like no one understands how we make money or like how we have the life that we have like our family does not get it they're like where does all this come from we're like we work duh Uh, (laughs) but we do things that people don't understand and I feel really fortunate to have already been that type of person and then to be inside a partnership where that is validated and confirmed for me consistently like we're both like should we just like fucking do it like should we just like do the thing and we're like yeah definitely it always works out (laughs) and that's the way the cookie crumbles that's the way it's got to go you have to acquaint yourself with fear and risk and courage and begin meddling with and practicing with and experimenting with and flirting with those things so that you can befriend them and once you are a friend of those things you are truly unstoppable and that's really what I feel I feel unstoppable for me it's more about deciding what it is that I want to make happen it's like I try to be really conscious of my choices because I know whatever I decide will come to be and like that's the way it is so I've learned that I can encourage I can tell you I can tell you it's going to work out I can tell you to go for it and until you yourself do the work of befriending fear and risk 
it's not actually going to happen. So the best thing that I can do is be an example and talk about it out loud and say, you know, I always talk about, I, I got a, a studio for my, you know, my business. I rented a, a room before I could afford it. I hired my assistant before I could afford it. I've hired all my employees before I could afford it. Like, I just know that if I don't, I won't grow. And I yeah. know the pathway to growth is discomfort. So I become really comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I've gotten to the point now where like for instance, with business, it still ebbs and flows. Like I'm sure for you as well, like yeah. you have high seasons, you got low seasons. Yep. And I used to freak out every time the low seasons came, I'd be like, ah, I'm scared. What am I gonna do? <laughs> and the past couple of years, I've just been like, I'm skipping that part. I'm not interested. I don't feel like getting stressed out and I know it's going to work out. I know it's going to come back because that's the way energy moves is like, yeah. what goes, what goes up must come down. What goes down must come up. So I'm just going to wait for the up again and like not stress myself out and just know that it's going to be fine. And sure fuck enough, guess what? It is. It always is fine. <laughs> just like I knew it was going to be just like it always is. So why waste the energy? And I think that's mm -hmm. what I, what I aim to do is just be that example. Mm -hmm. Cause it's the only thing I can do. I only have power over myself ultimately. Yeah. yeah. That, that component of the, the weight is very interesting because as things go up and down, oftentimes we're looking for our intuition to solve a problem not to get to know ourselves better, yeah. not to bring in more of our authentic joy or desires. It's often to solve an issue where we're trying to avoid discomfort, which means that we usually have a very strong hold on an expectation, which often then doesn't speak very well to our intuition. We end up having a lot of thoughts of anxiety instead. Mm -hmm. So question that keeps popping up. I never write questions down. Good. And I love that. I you. often channel these questions. That's um, why they're so good. <laughs> Thank you. But the question I kept hearing is, is intuition a privilege? And I think that that's a really interesting because we can talk about the, the grungy stuff. Okay. I know I can go there with you because when someone is in that anxious space, that fight or flight space, say they can't make their bills or say they're in the middle of a war, like how do you access intuition when you're in a state of fight or flight? So the truth is it is harder. You're yeah. absolutely right. Intuition is a privilege. It's a birthright we all possess, but our circumstances make it difficult to access. And whether that is being inside of a war zone or whether that's being inside of a, an abusive relationship. I had a client this morning who was like, I have this person in front of me and I can't tell if my intuition or my trauma is telling me that I can't trust this person. I can't tell where it's coming from. Right. And I myself, I don't talk about the source of my trauma because it impacts other people that don't choose to be public like I do. But I will say that in my own life, I have discovered that when I decided to actually, when I was ready to do the work, when I was ready to face what was happening inside of me, I became a completely different version of myself and I became significantly more empowered in my intuition. Yeah. So it is a privilege. It is something that we don't all have easy access to. However, it is something that is accessible if mm -hmm. we are able to navigate the hurdles and the obstacles. But I also believe that intuition is deeply connected to instinct. And I do believe that instinct is something that never leaves us and also is extremely vital and useful to us within trauma. Mm -hmm. And so I can tell looking back at my own journey, which is all I can truly speak about, that there were times when I was operating straight up out of instinct because I did not have a pipeline to my intuition. And slowly as I took off layers of pain, I became 
that that instinct evolved into intuition which is is this is instinct intuition in fight or flight stage i i would say so okay personally okay um i also think you know our body is sentient and our body we are we possess this body and we occupy this body and this body possesses us for a reason and so i do believe that physical experiences of intuition like clairsentience um you know these things are clair clairgustance mm-hmm. um clairsalience you know we have we have psychic senses through our physical body as well and i do believe that instinct is a version of claircognizance when people are like my gut tells me yeah it sure yeah. does and yeah. you know i think also too how do we know how do we know how to feed or you know when when we think about mothers like all my friends are having babies right now. I'm in my early thirties and like, everyone's like pop, pop, popping them out and <laughs> I'm watching them do it. It's beautiful. And they're always like, I'm so scared. I'm not going to know what to do. I don't have any idea. I've never done this before. And as soon as they have their baby, they're like, I got this. I know. Yeah. I just know. I know how to speak this language intuitively, instinctively. Exactly. So I believe that there is an intuition that lives inside the body. And I do believe that that never leaves us. But I do agree with you that intuition is harder to access inside of trauma or difficulty or certain circumstances. And Mm -hmm. I definitely can't deny that. Like that is a conversation I'm happy to have because we talk about this all the time and and I can't tell you, I'm sure you have the same experience, how many people I turn away from the podcast because they want to talk about manifestation uh, from Mm -hmm. a position of straight up white privilege. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have that conversation with you. I'm not going to do that. I'm not interested. Thanks anyway, but like keep it to yourself Uh, because (laughs) I do think that conversation is harmful. I think it's really harmful to tell people who are living in abject poverty that they're just not trying hard Hard enough enough. um, or they're not thinking positively. Like what kind of damage is that doing? Like what kind of damage is that doing? So I'm really glad you asked the question and I'm happy to provide the answer that I believe is truthful, which is yes, it is a privilege, but I do also believe it is always accessible through our ability to navigate our obstructions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so I had never heard anybody talk about this. And so I love, I love, love. Here we are. And we uh, knew, we knew it was going to happen. We knew yeah. this was going to happen. We just didn't know <laughs> this was going to happen. Yeah. But here we are. My book, Meaningful Manifestation comes out later this year and it's a, it's covering essentially what we just talked about. Like there, there are areas where we're not really, we have these blind spots because of the first wave of manifestation, law of attraction and whatever that doesn't acknowledge the difficulties and access and privilege and all that kind of stuff. But back to your point, you said something about mothers and it's so funny because it's like almost like you're hearing my questions. <laughs> um, or oh, yeah. I wonder if I that. <laughs> but there, there was this moment last night actually where my daughter, she has this little kind of trike bike that she rides in the house and the kids and my husband all went downstairs to the playroom not knowing that she was following them. They assumed that she was with me. I assumed they were with her. So she had walked out behind them and I'm thinking that they know that she's walking, whatever. So I'm just scrolling on my phone. I'm sitting in the living room. So I just had this flash of a vision where I could see Veda with the little trike bike at the top of the stairs, trying to get downstairs with it and falling down the stairs. And I ran as fast as I could from the living room to the back room. And there she was with her bike at the edge of the stairs. I didn't hear a single goddamn thing. I just saw it and ran over there, grabbed her, grabbed the bike. She was just getting ready to see if she could ride that down the stairs. And I was just like, like if I hadn't, if I hadn't trusted 
that little flash of like, oh, wait a minute, like that picked up. Now I get like, when you said instinct, like if you're in that fight or flight, sometimes I think spirit overrides are like niggly little, like, oh, I don't know, maybe like sometimes we was like, no, you know, like it's no time to act. And I had an opportunity to, to intercede for my daughter in that moment. And there are often moments like that, that I find that as I get older and as I deal more with my trauma, as I deal more with, um, just the, the things that obstruct my body. I talk about it in a podcast I just released, but I had an instance of SA that ended up happening that has really blocked me being able to connect with my body as far mm-hmm. as like food and movement and all that kind of stuff. And just mm-hmm. being able to source that or like bring it out, like spirit, what do I need to hear right now has helped me be my own therapist in a way. I'm not saying that I shouldn't have therapy. I definitely should. But there are these moments where my guides come in and they're like, all right, we're ready for you to see this. We're ready for you to see his face. We're ready for you to deal with this as an issue. We're ready. You're you're ready for it. Uh, We don't want to bring this further any, any longer. And how intuition, because sometimes I feel like a lot of people talk about intuition in the sense of, I want to, you know, talk to dead people or I want to like know what's going to happen ahead. And it's like, but intuition can also be used to like un- tangle the the our insides can you speak to that 100 percent. first of all everything you're saying resonating deeply with me um i'm on my own journey of reclaiming my body mm-hmm. after um an incident of essay that occurred when i was an infant Ugh. um that i didn't remember until uh I actually, I went, this is crazy actually, but I went and saw an, an astrologer, a Vedic astrologer in mm-hmm. India a year ago. And he's the same Vedic astrologer that Will Smith went and saw after he slapped Chris Rock. Oh, <laughs> which, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and this man told me what had happened and I was able to confirm with my parents. They were like, oh, we didn't know exactly what happened, but we knew this, this babysitter and this thing that happened. And so I just want to say, that's the first time I've publicly spoken about it as well, which mm. thank you for holding the space for me to share that. Thank you. For and me. also, um, I agree with you completely, but I think it's also like a chicken and the egg sort of thing, because mm-hmm. I believe that as we disentangle ourselves from illusion, which is, you know, our experiences here, they're not, I mean, they're real, but they're not real. They're just part of everything. They don't really have as much meaning as we assign to them. And they only have as much of meaning as we assign to them, I guess I should say. Mm -hmm. But as we disentangle ourselves from those experiences, our intuition makes itself more known. But also our intuition is what supports us in disentangling ourselves from those illusions. Mm -hmm. So it really does go both ways. And I find that with all things, it's not really ever a journey from one place to another. It's like, you're always finding yourself somewhere in the middle. Like I'm always finding myself somewhere in the center, which is where I think truth actually is. Cause truth is not my perspective, your perspective, their perspective. It's exactly what happened in between all of those things. Mm -hmm. And I believe that intuition can guide us into truth. And I do sometimes find that my intuition tells me things that I'm not particularly in love with, you know, it's like, it's not really the answer I wanted out of that situation, (laughs) but it sits with me in this way that I'm like, but it is true. Like it is true. And I know it and I can't avoid it even when I'm not as into it, but knowing that it's true brings me comfort because it's Mm -hmm. like, well, at least it's true. You know, that's important. Truth is such an important thing. And it's something that I think we need to wield with, with responsibility, but 
get it actually something's coming to me so I guess I'm just going to speak on this um you had talked too about uh about intuition being a privilege and I agree with that and I I also believe that our intuition is the most powerful when we stand in humility and humility is really important to me and I think this is part of why I resonate with you so much because the people want to put you on a pedestal like we love you and it's because of your authenticity that we love you but don't put me on a pedestal though (laughs) but to so many people it it can go to their heads and there are some people who are in this for the pedestal like they don't even care about the people they care about the pedestal and we see that and i'm sure you've seen it like yeah being inside this industry we talk to people we have conversations we meet people and once we stop hit once we hit stop the recording that person's a little bit different than they were mm-hmm. when we started our recording if you know yeah. what i mean and i believe that humility is part of how the universe knows they can trust us. It's like, Mm. I trust, like, I believe this about money as well. Like, I believe that the universe knows who it can trust with money and that, you know, that money then finds its way into places of of power and support to uplift other people. I already Um, hear somebody being like, well, what about Jeff Bezos and the Republicans? Absolutely. And guess what? Life is duality, bro. And we have to see (laughs) how not to use money to know how to use money. There have to be, there have to be that one, those one percenters, they, they have to exist so that we can understand what light is. It's exactly what I was talking about with your paintings. Like to know what color is, you have to know what darkness is to know what goodness is. You have to know what not goodness is. And I also believe that we're on the precipice of this new earth and something's going to happen to these one percenters. Like there's going to be some awakenings. There's going to be some things that happen. I do believe, I believe in the best outcome for humanity. I really do. I believe in humanity. I believe in us individually. I believe in us collectively. And also we're all playing our part. And I don't know if some people would be as inspired to use their wealth wisely if they didn't see people like Jeff Bezos using his wealth poorly. And I truly believe that. So big answer to a question. I'm not sure you even asked, but here we are. But I love it. Like duality, bro. (laughs) Duality, duality, man. Oof. And I've been, I've been sitting in that and it's not, it's not easy. Like duality is not easy because duality is where truth is. That's what I was talking about. It's that middle, right? Where it's like, it's all, it's all important. Like when I hurt people, I'm eager to take responsibility for that because there's something for me to learn as well as healing to offer. There it is. The universe going, (laughs) yes. Uh, But there's also healing for me to offer through that experience. And you know, I don't want, like my pride is a real thing. Like I have pride, I'm a human. And so it's hard to apologize or it's hard to admit where I was wrong or it's hard to do these things, but everyone grows as a result of it. So like mm-hmm. duality is, is inevitable. It's happening right now. Like yeah. look, look at us, like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, <laughs> like the yin and the yang, like we're doing exactly the damn opposite. thing. <laughs> and it's beautiful. It's beautiful to know that like each thing contains a little bit of the other, you know, like the yin has a little bit of the yang, the yang has a little bit of the yin and it's like, they, yeah. they must exist that way. And I've really been, I've been doing my due diligence not to be a white person that has like a, a yin yang tattoo. Like I've really been like doing that work <laughs> because I oh, so badly. I want a yin yang tattoo. Cause I, I fuck with it so hard. I believe in it so hard. I respect it so hard, <laughs> but it's because I respect it that I won't do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but but Girl, also you get your tattoo. nobody cares. <laughs> Well, you know, I want to be mindful. It's yeah. not mine. And I respect that. But also like, it's starting to feel like mine a little bit because you I appreciate really resonate. It. Yeah, I do. I respect it. And it's that humility I'm talking about, right? Like mm-hmm. I approach yeah. it with humility. I'm like, oof, I respect this deeply. Like I bow I think if you it. go in with your intentions, 
Like you're, you are appreciating something. You're not taking credit for it. Like totally. maybe you make it <laughs> You guys, own. have you seen what yeah. I thought up? <laughs> the yin yang guys. I named it myself. <laughs> I think you're, you're totally, you know, you have the clear for me anyway. Um, but Thanks, I think man. that's, that's, the idea of duality is really important because when we're talking about intuition, there is this often duality between our intuition and our anxiety and like yes. whether or not we're listening to our intuition or anxiety. And I always say that like, if you are, if you have a very strong desire for one particular outcome, that's not the time to be sitting down with your tarot cards and trying to ask and see if this is going to be the right answer, because you will pull again if it's not the answer you want. Like if yes. you have a super close attachment to the outcome, your intuition may not have as broad of a stretch to be able to step in and tell you what's going on. My own experience, I always feel like I get hit in the head with a brick. Like it's all of a sudden I'm like, and it's not even necessarily a headache, but there's just this like whoosh of like a thought that comes in very gently, but very big. It feels very chunky is the word. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's like something I need to download, unfold, like look at, kind of observe, acknowledge, sit with, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And my anxiety doesn't do that. My anxiety is like asking questions. If you go here, then this is going to happen. And if you do this, da, 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 da. so it's, it's not the same. I have a lot of anxiety when it comes to the mass shootings and stuff that have been happening. We just had one in Kansas city at the parade. And I, I thought I'm not going to go to the parade because that what I said was, is that I think that'd be a mass shooters wet drain. So I didn't go, but that was based off of my fear. Mostly mm -hmm. um, there ended up being a shooting, but like, it's like, Ooh, was that my intuition? I don't know because like, look at our world. Like there are mass shootings that are happening every day. And right. the fear that I have upon, you know, going to a Barnes and Noble on a Saturday night with my family is like, where are the exits? Like, where's the elevator? Where's this? Where's that? Like, how would I protect my child, children, if something were to happen, right? So there's that, which I think in the anxious part, like you said, there's an instinct part that kind of comes in and takes over. But for people who are really like looking for that clarity and guidance in their life, for yourself and for your clients, how do you direct them to figure out how to acknowledge anxiety, how to sit with anxiety and know that that's not intuition or vice versa. Well, I also want to say, I think this kind of goes back to our conversation around like intuition and instinct, Yeah, because I do think that you had an instinct that something, I mean, you are also a professional intuitive. So I think that, I think maybe give yourself some credit, yeah. <laughs> uh, but also, you know, fear is born out of real experiences and then we project it onto other things. So the fact that you were responding to a real thing that really happens in, especially in our country, far more often than it ever should, which right. should be never. Uh, to me, anxiety is a liar, but mm -hmm. what you're describing doesn't sound like a lie. It sounds like um, an extension of the truth. It sounds like this is a true thing that happens. So why couldn't it happen here? And then it did. And I think that's something to acknowledge. And I think that's one of the most important things about dealing with anxiety is recognizing what anxiety is and isn't, because I'm not actually sure that that was your anxiety. I think it was something else. It was instinct, mm. it was intuition, it was all of the above. Uh, to me, anxiety is constantly worrisome. It's always negative, like yeah. always negative. And to me, intuition is uplifting and positive yeah. and clear. So even in that instance where it's like my intuition says something negative is going to happen, I still believe that there was a, a force of positivity that came through and supported you in making a decision that kept your family safe. So 
to me, intuition is this voice of truth and it sits with you peacefully, even when it's chunky, as you described, mm -hmm. even when it's chunky, you still go, mm, okay. Yeah. And it's that feeling I was describing before of like, it is true. It's true. It's not yeah. always what I like to hear, but it is true. And anxiety never feels that way to me as someone right. who lives with anxiety and, and I've experienced anxiety and depression on and off for years, especially going through hormone therapy and all sorts of things I was doing mm -hmm. over the past several years. So I'm familiar with these things personally firsthand. And also I know that they are just like, they're like the peanut gallery. It's like this little voice yeah. that's like, bah, 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 bah. and it's like, you know, I, I hear you and I acknowledge you. And I often identify anxiety as the voice of my ego. And ego is something that I have a lot of compassion for. I talk about this a lot as much as I can because I think this is so important. In the spiritual community, we always talk about how the ego is the enemy, how we have to transcend. Thank you. And the yes. truth is the ego, I have no, I have compassion for nothing on earth more than the ego because the ego has the worst job of all and it never gets to quit. The mm -hmm. ego always has to be negative. It always has to tell you you can't. It has to be the Debbie Downer and it never gets to be anything else. And that is so painful. What a prison to live inside of. Like there's no, I think, like worse punishment energetically than to mm -hmm. manifest as an ego. It hurts. It hurts me to think about. And so when my ego is telling me something bad's going to happen or this isn't going to work out or whatever, I've started to really just say, hey, I know you think that's true. And I know that you're speaking to me out of what you believe is love because my ego is trying to protect me. Trying to keep you it safe. Thinks, yeah. It thinks that something bad is going to happen. And just the way that you would to a friend who is a negative Nancy, you've got to speak with love and compassion and say, I know you're scared, but we're going to do it anyway. And I'm here and I'm going to hold your hand and we're going to get through it and it's going to be okay. And I feel like I could cry when I talk about this because it's like you're talking I to your do. inner child. Yes, exactly. Because our ego collects our experiences from things that we've really gone through. Mm -hmm. So of course, my ego is going to be afraid of something that looks like a trigger because it is a trigger to my yeah. ego, but I don't have to let it trigger me. I'm not mm -hmm. my ego. And I have the ability to comfort and soothe my ego like a frightened child. And then I have the ability and the power within me to act on the guidance of my higher self and pursue it anyway. And that's what I'm really talking about when I talk about befriending risk or befriending fear is saying, I know we're afraid, but we're going to do it anyway. And slowly but surely, the voice of ego starts to get more and more quiet. It does; It's not as loud. And the voice of intuition starts to be really strong. And I remember in my healing journey, because it was not long ago that I went through this moment where I said to my therapist, I hear both voices and I didn't used to. I only used to hear the fear and now I hear both and I have a choice. And that's why I'm extra compassionate to people. And I don't like this whole, you're not wishing for it hard enough bullshit because it's hard to get your mind to think positively when you live inside of negativity. Like that is the truth. And that's why in my intuitive development program, we don't just work with spiritual principles we work with lot like principles of positive psychology, neuroplasticity, mind hacking, because we need to help retrain your brain. Your brain has developed synapses and neural pathways that say that certain things are true. And if we want to change your mind, you have to literally change your mind. And you're the this only the second place I've talked about this publicly, but we're in the process of developing a version of the mentorship that includes microdoses of psilocybin. 
yes. that we're working with. Yes, exactly. We're working specifically with um, this wonderful, beautiful woman, Brooke Novick, who is supporting, she already does microdose journeys. Um, her and her husband do it through this company called Access Mundi Ceremony. And um, Brooke and I are working together to develop a version of the mentorship that has guided support from a trained professional to support you in microdosing your way to changing your brain. And wow. not only that, Powerful. but- but also pairing it with, you know, intuitive exercises and tasks and protocols and principles and crystals and all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's the woo and the wow, you know, like it's yeah. all of it, uh, which is really exciting. But that's where I get a lot of compassion, right? Is like the anxiety comes from somewhere real and that needs to be acknowledged, but it doesn't mean that you get to live your life inside of that. Like yeah. you have to eventually hear that second voice and go, I'm going to choose to be brave. I'm going to choose to believe that it can work out. I'm going to choose, but we have to get first to the place where we can hear both voices. And so if someone's living inside, like I have clients, right? I'm sure you have the same thing who like work with me once a month for a whole year and they're still struggling to like choose their higher good. Like they still are, you know, are going for that emotionally unavailable partner or yeah. they're staying in that job that makes them miserable. And they're always so embarrassed. They come to session and they're like, I'm Zoe, I... I'm embarrassed to tell you, like, I haven't broken up with them yet. Or like, you know, in fact, now I'm pregnant and like, whatever. And guess what? I still love you. That's mm -hmm. okay. If you were ready to make a different choice, you'd make a different choice. And I'm just here to remind you that you can. And I'm here to hold your hand until you're ready. Yeah. And when you're ready, then you will. And we'll celebrate and I'll be excited for you. But if you can't make that choice yet, that's okay. Mm -hmm. I, I know. I remember, I remember not being able to make my choices. So yeah. I just have a lot of compassion in this work. And I think that's really important because we're all on a journey. And sometimes it's just like you and your mom, your mom can paint something like that. And maybe it takes you a little bit more time to create your craft. And that's okay because either way you're making a masterpiece and they don't have to take the same amount of time because you're yeah. on different timelines. So that's really important to me and teaching people to engage with their voice of fear compassionately and take their time and be, be kind and patient with themselves that's really, I, I use the metaphor about a flower. Like when you plant a seed, you don't stand there and go grow, you stupid, dumb flower. Yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you understand that it Fucking needs hurry water. up. And so, exactly. It needs water. It needs sunshine. It needs patience. It needs time. It needs, you know, so many specific conditions to grow. So do you, <laughs> then mm -hmm. let's just be patient with ourselves and patient with each other while we do that work. I have no notes. That is the most beautiful <laughs> and poignant and clear and resonant thing that I think will heal so many people hearing that mm. just even for them to be able to do that for themselves, the compassion that they can offer themselves for the choices that they make and the choices they're not yet ready to make. Gosh, like what a relief, you know, it's not an excuse, not an excuse, because but it does relieve day that resistance. We have to make it. Yes. Yeah. I think sometimes when we guilt ourselves into that space, it's really hard for us to listen to our intuition because we're overridden with the shame, with the guilt. And that to me is like such a, I hate to say low vibe, but it's right. it's such an emotion that does trigger us to stay comfortable or stay in a place that is not meant for us. And I call I think, those unhelpful, unhelpful vibrations. Like unhelpful unhelpful vibrations. Yeah. It's unhelpful. Like, <laughs> we are reparenting ourselves through that process. Um that's really beautiful. Um I like I kind of want to end it here because that was so powerful. 
but like, I want to keep talking to you. (laughs) So one last thing, the thing that keeps coming up to my mind is all of those intuition tests that you see on Instagram. You do a lot of them and I like them. Um, They're fun. They're gamey. Like people like go in the comments and they all like kind of commune around that. What's really interesting the, the other day I did one on somebody else's account and it was really funny because so many of us came up with three purple crystals, but that was not what the like what it was, what it ended up being. I was like, I never get these wrong, but why did so many else, other people see the same thing? Anyway, that's besides the point. Like, do you think those types of things work? Do you think those types of things help strengthen intuition? Are they more of a validator for people to believe that they do know what they know? First of all, uh, I want to, I want to speak to what you just spoke about actually, because Mm -hmm. in the mentorship, so I take about 20 students for 30 days. We're inside of a container together and every day there's basically like an assignment and exercise where there sometimes is a an accurate or inaccurate response that you can have. I like to say inaccurate or accurate versus right mm-hmm. or wrong. I don't, I don't fuck with yeah. the words. Um, <laughs> we don't, not here and not in this house. But sometimes the whole class will come up with an inaccurate answer that's the same as each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. And it's because they're tuning into each other uh-huh. rather than me. They're tuning into just a different path to collective, right? Like they're tuning into something and that's what's happening on those intuition tests. Sometimes like that you're talking about, like we all saw three purple crystals because you were all in a collective space. Energetically, you were all having a shared experience. And so something was triggered in that collective, in that micro, right. Of the collective. And that happens. And I think that's equally cool. Like if you're tapping into what's around you, you're still tapping in. That's impressive to me. So I still think that's really valuable. I will tell you point blank, truthfully, I tried to get rid of these intuition tests. I was like, do people like, what is like, I don't know. <laughs> the people spoke and they said, what did you, why, bring them back? Why did you do this? And my DMs are full of people every day saying, thank you so much. I do these with my kids so they can learn to practice with their intuition. Uh-huh. I do this with my friends. We send it to each other and we see like who gets it. And it's to me, it's less about whether you're right or wrong. It's about working that muscle because intuition is a muscle. And I was born buff. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I was born like with the gun show and not everybody gets to, you know, work out from early childhood. Like we don't, we don't all get that benefit and that privilege. And so this is basically rehab. It's physical therapy, right? For that muscle. And it's playful and it's fun. It's been proven scientifically that you learn 400 times faster through play than you do through any other medium. So that's why I like to turn it into games in the, inside the container. I always remind people we're here to have fun and we're here to learn about how your intuition works. If you're not seeing this the way other people are, that's okay. We're here to get to the root of what's working for you and what's not and capitalize on that. So to me, it's a fun way of helping people become clear about their own intuitive language. And that's another thing I like to talk about. I like to say things like, you know, if you're clairvoyant, you often say, I see what you mean. If you're claircognizant, you'll say, I understand. If you're clairsentient, you'll say, I feel you on that. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're clairaudient, you'll say, I hear what you're saying. So noticing the ways that we are intuitive and not even clear about our power or how to use our power is really important. So creating this little safe space where we can come and play and experiment and be in a safe place together where no one's going to judge you except for the trolls, uh, then that's what I'm here to create. And that's what I'm here to do. And don't worry about those trolls. They're out, they're out from my blood. Let me tell you what, like they, <laughs> they have, like, if you scroll all the way down to like the restricted comments, like they got things to say about me, uh-huh. um, they're usually not there to do anything to you. And, and I'm happy to take it. Cause I'm going to 
I don't give a fuck. Yeah. They can do whatever. Hell, you know, um, like, truly like I'm so <laughs> impervious to that. Couldn't care less, but yeah. it's a safe, beautiful place to just play practice and learn about yourself because you might find like, okay, I couldn't see it, but I heard the word or mm -hmm. I couldn't hear it, but I saw this vision. Like one of the tests that's coming up soon, I won't give the answer, but it's about a sound. And I know there are going to be people who say I could see it, but I couldn't hear it. Or yeah. I could, you know, smell it, but I couldn't, I couldn't hear it. And mm -hmm. that is one of the greatest gifts I think we can give people is understanding how their intuition works mm -hmm. and just playing, making it safe, making it fun. Yeah. But also taking it seriously, you know, like mm -hmm. I want people to take their gifts seriously. So I think it's a powerful tool. Um, and I think the more of us that do it, the better. I love taking other people's. I think they're so fun. Yeah. Um, I saw your comment on mine the other day. That was so funny. You're like, yeah, yeah, I got the answer, but let me see that jewelry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're like, hold on a second. Let's hop in the DMs. My Egyptian past life. Like I'm obsessed with jewelry. Sorry. You and me both, sister. I also I just want to say really quick, thanks for having me. Um, it's really a privilege to be on your platform. I know that you are picky. I know that you are choosy and I know that you are intentional. And so to be seen by you is truly a privilege and an honor and a gift. And I take it seriously. And thank you. I hope that all that I have shared resonates for you and with you um, because this is your space. And it's just an honor to be here and connect with your people. And you are so I love sweet. Them. I love them just as much as you do. I promise. You are sweet as sugar. I Thank you so much. We are so happy to have you. I felt so resonant with literally everything you said. Like, I'm so thankful and honored that you would come to this space and be here. And you have such a gift. I'm, I'm curious where your mercury is at. We're going to discuss that after we get off the call. Um, <laughs> a little, uh, a little screenshot of my co-star. Yeah, I want to see it. <laughs> but if you can please tell people where they can find you. Absolutely. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at the underscore merhipsy. And I'm sure you know, watch out for the scammers. I'm verified on Instagram, but not on TikTok. There's nothing I can do about that. And TikTok seems to be where the scammers are. Yeah. are working their magic right now. So if you get a message from me that says grand rising, that ain't me. Uh, I would never, <laughs> you should know. Um, but also you can find me um, on my website, merhipsy.com. And that is where you can book a session. I have tons of different services at different price points to make sure that it's accessible as possible. And also um, you'll be notified there about when the next round of the mentorship comes out, especially when we start to launch the mushroom mentorship, but we're going to do one more regular one first. So if you're not in it for psychedelics, you might want to join me uh, this June. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Zoe. And those of you, I know y'all like this podcast, so please share it with someone you love and we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to connect with me more, head over to patreon.com slash thelovelyalia so we can discuss your views about spirituality in our monthly meetings. If this episode spoke to you, please share it and make sure you tag me. And always, if you're looking for some spiritual guidance, you can always find me at thelovelyalia.com for spiritual advising. Thanks again for listening. I hope you have a beautiful week and we'll see you next week.